that that said, because uh, it's coming up in the advert on Twitch now, have you seen the trailer for the the, the Hitman Two thing, the, uh, the the first elusive target? I have not. Oh my god, I saw, right, I've seen yeah. that trailer. Yeah. Have, right. Are you aware of the elusive target for the new Hitman games? The, I, I'm aware of, of the concept of elusive target because I've got and, the first Hitman. Yeah. And how it's like a celebrity playing the the elusive target. Yes. The first one of Hitman Two, right? The concept of the character is that he's basically, I think he's like another assassin who has faked his death so many times that people keep thinking he's dead and he keeps coming back. He's meant to be, he, he is potentially unkillable. He's called the unkillable. Guess who he's played by? Who's he played by? Sean Bean. Okay, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> In that, watch that trailer at some point, because it's honestly quite terrifying. It's really I well done. that trailer. Yeah, it's it's just it's just him very very straight faced, coldly just talking about how to murder people. But he's listing off all the ways he has died. Yeah, <laughs> which they are blew, many. They blew me up once. That was impressive. and welcome to Dangerously Unprepared. <laughs> I am Simon, and joining me as ever are Kyrie. Hey! And Jack. Hello. Rob is, of course, off being theatrical somewhere. Uh, he's not stuck in a room. Yes, he's not stuck no, in a room. He has escaped he's... the room, and now he is treading the boards. He is stuck on a stage. I don't know if he is currently Mr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde, but he'll be alternating between the two as we go on. It'd be one ten tower. <laughs> so yes, is there anything we want to talk about before we get back into the lore of Castlevania? In as much as Curry and I will let you talk about it. Yes, indeed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just want to. I, I I know we've had that bit of listener feedback and everything, but I just still want to apologise to all our <laughs> to both our listeners and just say, look, I'm really really sorry that I. Attempt not attempted to, but like accidentally attempted to de- derail things last week. I have to say, to, let's to, back to it fortnight. when we were editing it. Not only did I say what the hell is wrong with us during the show, but I sat there re-listening to it, going, "What were we on? <laughs> <laughs> we were in a state." Yep. To 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 quote uh, a younger, more vibrant me hosting this show, we were on the buzz. We, we were indeed on the buzz. <laughs> the buzz of the internet bees. Yes. We were, you know, we apologised for last week. I don't. The, we were... Oh yeah, there was nothing happening. Oh yeah, nothing happened last week, so I apologised oh, for... Oh yeah, us, no, yeah. I apologised yeah. for last week, yes, yeah. but there was... Not the last various, episode, last week. Yes, various plagues descending upon us. There was illness <laughs> and stuff all around. No How are you all... feeling? I'm feeling more or less recovered. I'm a little worried about the cat, though. He's ill. Oh, yeah. Really? Unfortunately, it's one of those illnesses where he chooses to uh, avoid his litter box, but not stop doing his business. Yeah. Those are the best kind. Because it's like, I don't want to, like, what's the word? Tamp- uh, taint the, this place that I use. Yeah, so he's, he's already pooped in... Two different places that aren't his litter box tonight, so I'm delighted with him right now. <laughs> so that's a, a lovely note to start on there, just thinking about cat poop. 
I feel like I've set a tone. Hooray! <laughs> Whether that tone is good or not, we can't quite say, but... Well, I'm t- pretty sure it's not good. It's a tone nonetheless. <laughs> All right. Where were we last episode? We were one game beyond the end of the Belmonts. We were, yes. With Shinoa and the Order of Ecclesia. Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Once again, sorry for the fluff. Once again, we return <laughs> to the castle of Dracula. <laughs> that's my that's my Dracula impression. Uh, you like it's, it? it's pretty good and timely because this episode will be releasing in the week of Halloween. Ooh. In Halloween. 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 As opposed to Hallow Month, <laughs> which is Spooktober. So, Snow's defeat of Dracula inspired groups of vampire hunters not to depend on the Belmont clan any longer. One group led by vampire hunter Morris Baldwin created a whip known as the Hunter Whip, using similar magic that created the vampire killer. Through the Hunter Whip, uh, sorry, not for that, though the Hunter Whip was nowhere near as powerful as the vampire killer and couldn't destroy a vampire as powerful as Dracula, it could still seal him away and... Ten years after Shinoa defeated Dracula, Morris was forced to take action. So essentially, this whip is the is the sort of vampire killing equivalent of it ain't gonna kill you, but it's gonna fuck your day up. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, va- it's, it's a va- whip. It's gonna <laughs> hurt either way. It's vampire killer light, essentially. <laughs> Dracula vampire had- botherer. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that whip. Mm, don't like it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like I like your Dracula impression. It's slightly <laughs> better too. than mine. <laughs> mm, don't like it. Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm-mm. Right, that's the dangerously unprepared canon Dracula now. Yay! <laughs> oh, oh. I'm going to watch that film at some point during the next week before Halloween. I'm watching Bram Stoker's Dracula, and every time Gary Oldman comes on screen, I'm going to be just like giggling inwardly. <laughs> well, well, we've started early on this one. Oh shit! Welcome to my castle. <laughs> oh my god! I would I would give anything to travel back in time and have Jerry Lewis play Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that would be something. I'm just you know you got the, those classic lines you know children of the night what beautiful or what sweet music they sing or I do not drink wine or lady. <laughs> there there. Right. <clears throat> Dracula had risen once again, and together with his two closest friends, he faced him with the Hunter Whip, successfully sealing him away. But to his horror, his friends had been killed in the battle, and he took it upon himself to raise their young son, Nathan Graves, along his own son, Hugh Baldwin. Morris trained the two boys and eventually chose Nathan to receive the Hunter Whip. Years later, Morris and the two highly trained young men tracked down Carmilla. Dracula's servant, previously defeated by Maria during the events of Rondo of Blood, now alive and well. Camilla, well, I mean, yeah. alive? Is she a vampire? Or? Yeah. Unlife. Uh, al- alive, asterisk, and yeah. well. Animate and well. Yeah. <laughs> Camilla was hiding out at a, a, in, a, a, in an Austrian castle, prepared, uh, prepared a ceremony that would break the seal. Morris had trapped Dracula in ten years before. 
And this leads us to the year 1830 and Castlevania Circle of the Moon for the Game Boy Advance. Which was released in 2001. And was the first uh, Castlevania since um, Symphony of the Night to take on that style of game. So the same, the same uh, RPG-ness of, the, of it. It was a good year to set a game in in any sort of Europe, like Central European nation, because this is like when all the fucking revolutions are kicking off yeah. as well. Yep. Carmilla performed the ritual to break Dracula's seal, and Dracula reappeared as Morris, Nathan, and Hugh entered the castle. He was still weak from the resurrection and needed time to regain his power. And recognizing Morris as the man who'd sealed him away, Dracula decided to use the vampire hunter's life force to regain his strength capturing him and sending Nathan and Hugh plummeting to the bottom of the castle. After reaching the depths of the castle dungeon, Hugh told Nathan to leave the castle and that he would be the one to save his father, but Nathan refused and set out to find Morris, who had provided him a home and taught him everything he knew. Eventually, Nathan encountered Carmilla and demanded to know where his master was being held and attacked the vampire countess. After fighting Camilla, Nathan also encountered Hugh, now possessed by Dracula. Because, of course, that's what happens. Because, goddammit, Dracula just won't get out of people. No. Oh, I have to be in you. God, don't <laughs> ever, ever say that again. <laughs> oh, I'm going to hear that in my nightmares. Just like, just, uh. Oh, that's a moment. That is a moment <laughs> in time. Yay. That's it. That's, put that on a fucking shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to join? I've come to touch you in your mind. <laughs> I don't know if we talked about that on the show, so I don't know how if people are going to understand that reference or just get horribly traumatized. It's fairly it. beautiful without context. I have. To yeah, say. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> After fighting Camilla, Nathan also. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Dracula had sensed the jealousy that Hugh felt for that Nathan had been chosen to wield the hunter whip over him and tapped into his dark feelings to take control of the young man. Defeated, Hugh came to his senses and realised his friend was worthy of the hunter whip. Then he left to continue tracking down Dracula and his father. Nathan also continued to search and faced many uh, faced against many of Dracula's monsters, including a also-returned death. He's back again! <laughs> what a surprise. Mm. After defeating Death, he tracked down Dracula and found them performing the ritual to absorb Morris's life force and interrupted it. While Nathan battled Dracula, Hugh was able to save his father and escape the castle, preventing Dracula from gaining his full power and leaving Nathan to finish sealing away the Dark Lord. Transporting Nathan into the Nether Realm, he was uh, sealed away. Dracula exposed his monstrous form. Nathan defeated Dracula with the Hunter Whip, though it wasn't enough to destroy him, it was enough to seize him away from the world. Nathan left with Hugh and Morris to continue his vampire hunter training and to perfect his skills. That brings us to the end of Circle of the Moon. As the years passed, Dracula's forces searched for a way to release the seal. Death eventually discovered a village filled with a tribe of ancient warriors who were cursed with the ability to turn into werewolves. Death saw this as an opportunity and closely watched a young man named Cornell who lived in the village. 
The tribe was cursed for generations and constantly struggled to keep their powers in check. One night, the curse overtook the tribe and they attacked a local village, slaughtering all of its people. Cornell reverted back to his human form and found one survivor, a young girl named Ada. Cornell was racked with guilt over the part he had played and took Ada in and raised her as a sister, giving her a pendant that would protect her from the other members of the tribe. So is it just like, what do you say a pendant that protects her from werewolves? Does it like magically ward them away or? I'm not sure. I think it's more of a case of maybe it alters their, uh, alters their perspective of her. Ah, mm. okay. So like, it's essentially like it's invisibility ray on a werewolf scale. Yes. So while they're while they're human, I think she's fine. But when they wolf out, they can't see her. Okay. I think that's how it's portrayed, at least. Oh, it's like right. Okay, so like it essentially puts her upwards because like they're dogs, so they can't look up. <laughs> I I guess yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Also, goddamn, those fireworks are like this. This isn't like a criticism thing, but like, man, those fireworks are loud because I can hear them really loudly from the microphone. Yeah, so I know. I think it'll go off like literally right outside your house. Potentially, they sound pretty close. Oh. Wow, mate, it's not even. A, it's it's more than a two weeks till till. Uh, Fire. No, wait, it's slightly less than two weeks. Yeah, but that doesn't stop people. Yeah. I'll be coming back from a convention on fireworks night. Hibanacon. Hibanacon. Firework con. Ah, of course. I never, you know what? I hadn't clocked that. Yeah, I, 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 it took me a while before I was like, oh, that's what it means. Oh, and that's why it's always in like that sweet spot of like the beginning of November, right before bonfire night. And, uh... yeah, and it also now makes uh, the character in uh, Rainbow Six Siege make sense. Hibana. All right. Because she has like Catherine wheel things that she sticks to, like she fires into walls and they like burn through walls. Oh, nice. But yes, carry on. Sorry. Uh, werewolves going blind. Yes. Uh, Determined to keep Ada safe at all costs, Cornell mastered his wolf transformation and became the only member of the tribe who can turn it, uh, it on and off willingly while retaining full control. Death from man. Connor goes. Sorry, not Connor. Uh, Cornell goes wolf. Cornell goes man. <laughs> I would just be doing that all throughout the fucking day, just to be like, up oh, and up, on off, on off, on off. Nighttime, daytime, daytime. <laughs> uh, Death repeatedly contacted Cornell and tried convincing him to use his abilities for Dracula's forces, and Cornell refused, but Death set his eyes on Cornell's chartered friend Ortega instead. Wait, re- repeatedly contact him? I, I'm assuming, like, appearing to him in the woods or whatever it is. I'd, talk to him. I'd assume so, yes. Because I'm, I'm just getting this image now of Death writing these things be like, further to my recent correspondence, to which I note I still have not received a response, I note... <laughs> it could be like Squeak and the rat phone. Oh, God, right. <laughs> Hello, this is Death. Again, oh, I'll, I'll speak up then. Spam. Beep. <laughs> Hello there. Hello, I am Death. Oh, sorry. Hello there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ortega had grown up jealous of Cornell's power, especially when he learned to control it so well. Death promised Ortega more power if he agreed to join Dracula's forces, and Ortega agreed. Death ordered the young man, uh, the young man wolf, to burn down the village and to take Ada to be sacrificed for Dracula's return. 
While on a training mission away from home, Cornell sensed something was wrong and returned to find the village gone, his people destroyed, and the pendant he gave Ada on the ground. Cornell picked up the pendant and, determined to rescue her, followed her scent. This takes us to 1844 and Castlevania Legacy of Darkness for the N64! Woo! Sorry, I, I love the N64 Castlevanias. They both came out the same year. Yeah, well, wasn't Legacy of Darkness basically like a expansion or something like that? Uh, was it an actual sequel? It, it is an expansion, yeah, essentially. Yeah. It's the same. It's got, I think there were versions of it that came with the original Castlevania 64 as well. Right, okay. But yeah, it came later in the year. Right, okay, cool. As they tried to fix the bugs from Castlevania 64. There were no bugs in Castlevania 64. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that game was absolutely perfect and had no flaws whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Cornell followed Ada's trail and took a ship to the shores outside Dracula's castle, risen again. Upon reaching the castle gates, Cornell found his old friend Ortega and was relieved that, his, that he had survived the attack on their village. But Ortega revealed that he had been the one responsible, and all the villagers were either killed or put under Dracula's control within the castle. Ortega left and looked forward to later confronting Cornell. Cornell explored the castle and discovered it, uh, that it had appeared near a family's mansion, and inside the mansion, Cornell found Master Audrey, the owner of the mansion, banging on the door. Driven mad by the first for blood, Audrey attacked Cornell, revealing that he was a vampire. Inside the bedroom, Cornell found a woman named, named Mary, who <laughs> named Cornell. Like, wow, what a coincidence! <laughs> uh, named Mary, who was the wife of Audrey. Uh. She told Cornell that her husband had been turned into a vampire by another vampire named Gilderoy, who was working for uh, working with Death inside the castle. Wait, as in as in Gilles de Ray? I guess so. I'm back. Hello, welcome back. Uh, Gilles de Ray just turned up. Gilles de Ray. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like a few hundred years after he, you know died and whatnot, but here he is. <laughs> well, you know, this is a franchise in which death is not the end. So is, is Gilles de Ray a vampire in this? Yes. Right, cool. Uh, Mary begged Cornell to save her son Henry, who had been hiding in the garden behind the mansion. Uh, we have now reached the N64 era of Castlevania. Hooray! <laughs> the best era. <laughs> Kyrie's favourite era. Kyrie's favourite era, yes, yeah. definitely. Which must make it the best era. Hmm. Cornell found Henry and led him out of the garden towards the forest, giving him Ada's pendant and letting him know that it would protect him from danger as long as he wore it. Cornell made, uh, then made his way underground and was attacked by... Uh, how do you pronounce it? Gilles de Ray. Gilles de Ray. It's probably van- not how to pronounce it, I suppose, but because uh, I'm not French, I don't entirely... Yeah, I can't probably get it completely right, but fuck it. Just, we know who you mean. Yeah. Uh, the vampire who had turned Master Audrey and essentially destroyed the nearby family. Zulurey was amazed by Cornell's power, and a witch named Atrice, who had uh, pledged herself to Dracula, appeared and teleported them both away. After reaching the upper floors of the castle, Cornell and Ortega finally faced off, Ortega wanting nothing more than to prove he was better than Cornell, and Cornell wanted to avenge his tribe. 
and Ortega unleashed the abilities granted to him by Dracula's power, turning him into a chimera. Oh no! Wait, so he was he was a werewolf. He was a werewolf. And now he's like a bunch of shit all fused together. Indeed. So he, he's a werewolf and now he's like a bunch of shit yep. sort of stuck together. Indeed. It's what is he a chimera of? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I've not seen what he, his monster form looks like. Oh, okay. Sophie, I've seen what his werewolf form is like. I've not seen his chimera form. I'm assuming it's traditional. So you're lying, you're... All that kind of stuff. Looking it up just gives me lots and lots of pictures of Chris Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I probably could have guessed that that was going to happen. Mm. Except in his defeat, uh, his final defeat, Ortega regretted, regretted the part he had played in the destruction of his village and told Cornell that Ada hadn't been sacrificed yet, then jumped to his death in shame. Soon after, Cornell reached Dracula's throne room finding him alive and holding Ada captive. Dracula taunted Cornell to use his full power and give him and give in to his man-wolf side and used Ada's energy to transform into his ultimate form and transfer Cornell into a nightmarish dimension. That sounds like fun. Mm, so much fun. Dracula defeated, began shrinking back into the realm uh, he was banished to and threatened to take Ada with him. But Cornell finally unleashed his man-wolf powers, separating himself from them. But Dracula's uh, Dracula's plan had worked perfectly. Can we he just say werewolf powers? Mm-hmm. Man-wolf powers is weirding me out. I don't know why. <laughs> but werewolf means man-wolf. I know. So why not just say werewolf? Because that's 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 how the material was written. <laughs> Yes, we've just had that conversation. Zoe is also pointing out that werewolf and man-wolf are synonyms. I know. I know, know. so just use werewolf, because saying man-wolf is weirding (laughs) me out. That is, I mean, like, wolfman, you can understand. Wolfman is fine. I don't mind wolfman. For some reason, when you flip it, it does get weird. Man-wolf is weird. I don't know. I get really annoyed when, you know, Sonic... The hedgehog turns into a wolf, and they're like, a oh, "Werehog, it's a werehedgehog." No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's worse. They call it. They don't call him a werehedgehog. It's werehog. It's a werehog. Yeah, which would be, yeah. Uh, and which there's would no be a pig, pig involved either. That would be a man pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man bear pig. No. <laughs> but like, so I mean, well, man wolf does honestly sound like a really weird side character in like an eighties detective it's drama. Like Woo-wolf. I don't make the rules. Was it was it woo-wolf or was it whiff wolf? Or whiff wolf? Whiff wolf I love. Yeah, whiff wolf gets the thumbs up. Woo-wolf. Yay. But woo-wolf as well. Whoa, hedgehog. <laughs> a whiff hog. Oh god. Right. God. Anyway, he's a <laughs> So, so the man pig has <laughs> fought Dracula. Carry so on. So released his werewolf powers. Thank and a new you. album. Mm. And uh, it turns out that was Dracula's plan all along. He, oh, that sneaky bastard. He, he never wanted Ada. He simply wanted to coax Cornell into sacrificing his werewolf powers in order to use them for his full return. And this would soon have dire consequences. Dire consequences. Cornell finally freed from his curse, left Vader, and met with Henry, safely waiting for them in the forest. 
They all decided to stay together, and Cornell lived the rest of his days as a normal man. Back in, I mean, a, a normal man that you know fucks up vampires and lives in the woods. Uh, yeah, but as in much the centers as, of Castlevania. That's in the centers of Castlevania, man. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Back in Dracula's castle, his minions used the, the werewolf's power to truly resurrect their Lord of Darkness. So is it just like hanging around, like in the ether? Like he he's literally shed his werewolf powers. So there's this kind of shimmery. It. I I, I assume howling from from thing. From what I saw from footage of the game, Cornell was in his human form, and then his werewolf form kind of separated from him as energy in, in in an energy form. Right. Okay. So they had the two character models on the screen, separate. From, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That is when Jackler went, no, 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 no. I'm going to get me some of that man wolf. Soon after, a young boy named Malice was born, who was raised in a small village by loving parents. Not loving enough to not call him Malice. (laughs) (laughs) Loving but slightly twisted parents. Yeah. It means bad in the Latin. It does. By loving parents. But this child was secretly Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah sure, they, they weren't not? suspecting they weren't suspecting anything until the child turned around one day and went i want to get in you <laughs> <laughs> and then they knew they had a wrong one and named him malice for the love of god jen please stop messaging me <laughs> just put it on silent she just she just basically messaged going shit the podcast i forgot <laughs> yeah, well, don't. Oh. Uh, where was I? Yeah, secretly Dracula, having used Cornell's power to be reborn in the body of a child, waiting patiently for his powers to grow. Wait, hang on. Mm-hmm. Gains the powers of a werewolf. Yep. So he gains the powers of being Dracula and turning into a giant snarling death monster. No, I don't think it's so much a case of he turn turns into a werewolf. He just takes the energy. Oh, okay. Cornell's. Like, I would have assumed he would have he would have used that to be Dracula and also a werewolf. And he goes, "I'm going to double down on this and change it all for what's in the box." <laughs> but in a lot of and, lore, can't vampires turn into wolves anyway? Yeah, yeah. But, I, I mean, Dracula, I think, that's, seems to mostly have the bat thing down. Yeah, that was in, actually one. I think that's one of Alucard's particular abilities was yeah. wolf form. Uh, but it's just like it's really weird that like Dracula's gone. I've taken this werewolf power. And I'm going to use it to become a small child. <laughs> ah, well. One day, death located the boy, and Malice murdered his parents and burned down his village, returning with death to his old castle. It's t- it's time, Malice. Oh, okay, yes, yes you're right. <laughs> Pretty much. No, we're doing this again, are we? News of the burned village spread, and rumours of Dracula's return had people living in fear once again. Around the same time, a young man named Reinhard Schneider. Woo! Heard Reinhard, the... Reinhard, Reinhard! <laughs> he, he's he's not he's not that awesome. No. <laughs> oh. Like I, I, I love Castlevania 64, but Reinhard Schneider is no Reinhardt, whatever Reinhardt class name is. He in. actually looks like Simon Belmont from Captain N. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. It, there is He does kind of have that weird jaw and the weird poofy yeah. hair and <laughs> And the weird, like, stocky body. Reinhardt Wilhelm, yeah. that's the Overwatch character. Yes. Uh, so, not Wilhelm, but Schneider. Schneider. 
had heard the rumours and decided to fulfil his destiny and take action. Although having a different last name, Reinhardt was a direct descendant of the Belmont clan, and his father was the caretaker of the vampire killer. Reinhardt's father had taught him how to be a vampire hunter, but Belmont blood could no longer hold the whip. Determined to redeem his family, Reinhardt searched for a solution and eventually found a priest that could help. The priest was able to temporarily lift the curse uh, placed on the Belmont bloodline. For the first time in over half a century, a Belmont held the vampire killer. Reinhardt also met, uh, met a young girl called Carrie Fernandez, who was skilled in magic and descended directly from Cypher Bernardes. Uh, uh, she, she was the girl with like the magic rings, wasn't she? Mm. With, with the big, massive, terrifying red eyes. Yeah, but was like a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Carrie Fernandez, who is directly descended from Cypher Bernardes, the wife of Trevor Belmont. He recruited Carrie to help him find out if the rumour of Dracula's return was true. And this takes us to the year 1852 and Castlevania 64! Woo! Best Castlevania. That's it's it. certainly one of the best on the Nintendo 64. It's definitely in the top two. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was released the same year as the previous title, Legacy of Darkness, on like 1999. But before. Before, yes. I, it, this, this, it was like the prequel, but it came out in the same year. Mm. Uh, Reinhardt and Carrie uh, fought their way through the same forest that Cornell had passed through in his time and made their way to Dracula's castle. Eventually they split up to cover more ground and Reinhardt discovered the Audrey mansion that Henry had lived that, that Henry had lived in now abandoned except for a mysterious woman named Rosa who took it upon herself to tend to the roses in the garden. Because Rosa, ro- ro- Rosa, mm. right, got it. Is this is this before or after you fight the uh, the motorcycle skeletons? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having recurring memories of the motorcycle skeletons falling constantly into a goddamn pit, trying to make these stupid goddamn inch perfect jumps using N64 controllers <laughs> and also a giant skeleton gorilla. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna say that there's the, the chasing the giant skeleton down. Yeah. Yeah. Rosa revealed herself to be a vampire, but had no desire to attack Reinhardt, and instead told him how to reach the castle and disappeared. In the old mansion, he also met a fellow vampire hunter called Charlie Vincent, who was also on a mission to stop Dracula. Gotta love Castlevania names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a lot of the time they tend to just like throw a first name and another first <laughs> name together. <laughs> like Greco Roman. Yeah, which is a great idea. Although, I'll, I'll, I will admit, they've got like a kind of a nice little pun with, with Reinhardt. Because mm. Schneider is a tailor, but it literally means like a cutter. Someone who cuts. So he's like going around with his sword and his whip and whatnot. And he's cutting things. I may be over, <laughs> over, like, overreaching maybe he with might that. Be. Maybe a little. Reinhardt later found Rosa again, attempting suicide by sunlight. And he found himself saving a vampire for the first time in his life. Rosa had never asked to be a vampire, and Reinhardt took pity on her, wishing he I could help. I never asked for this. Never asked for this. <laughs> Do you Reinhardt was like holding this vampire that he's just saved from the sunlight, going, I'm really, really bad at this. This is like my first day. <laughs> I know my job's like to kill you, but. 
And he could have literally just stood back and gone, eh, that's another vampire the down. Just gone, it's my job to kill you, not the sun's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you, son, you take all the glory. <laughs> Carrie, having explored the castle on her own and making it near to the top, to the top encountered the witch Atrice, the witch that had been working with death to bring back Dracula. Carrie defeated the witch, creating a safe passage for Reinhardt and the vampire killer. And as he made his way through the castle, uh, the castle centre, he encountered death, forcing Rosa to fight him. Not wanting to hurt Rosa, Reinhardt held back and death disappeared with her. Death knew that uh, knew the Belmont was getting too close and waited patiently to ambush the young vampire hunter. Death found Reinhardt and in a cowardly, uh, in a cowardly ambush, attacked him. But Rosa jumped in the way and received a deathly blow. I mean, it does seem to be kind of death style. Yeah, I can't blame death because we, we covered a lot of his attempts to fight Belmonts in the last episode. And <laughs> yeah. fighting fair did not work well no. for him. It's just like, what if, what if I just blindside them <laughs> and stab them? What if I do what, you know, my job says I do and just come at them when I don't realise it? Yeah, he tried squaring up to them and just got beat down and beat down, so eventually you had to see the heel turn coming. <laughs> uh, Reinhardt promised Rosa that God would forgive her tortured soul and vowed to avenge her, and death, dis- disgusted by, a Belmont, by the Belmonts once again, wielding the Holy Whip, swore to destroy him. I mean, he'd probably already done that, so this was really just... Mm. Not really adding much. Well, I was going to kill you anyway, but now I'm going to double dip. kill you. I am dip, death, by I'm the way. Double dip kill you. <laughs> I'm super serious now. <laughs> After defeating death and finally making his way to Dracula's throne room, Reinhardt faced off against the demon lord. Using the power of the vampire killer, Reinhardt killed the monster and left as the castle began to crumble. But it wasn't over yet. Malice appeared and told Reinhardt that he hadn't destroyed Dracula at all. But wait, Malice is... Yeah, so Malice is Dracula? Mm. So if Malice is there, he hasn't destroyed Dracula. Ah. It was just a regular vampire in a Dracula mm. mask. I just realised I missed a bit. Oh no! <laughs> wait. Hang on, how did you miss a thing? Because, like, this has all flowed really quite well so far. Yeah, I did not notice a gap in that yeah, narrative. I, I, <laughs> I, I missed how Reinhardt met Malice in the castle earlier. Oh. Mm. Basically, after uh, he saved her from commit, trying to commit suicide, uh, Rosa left warning Reinhardt to leave the castle, concerned for his safety, but knew if Dracula was alive, it was his duty to slay him. And in the castle... Uh, Malice, who was secretly Dracula, followed Reinhardt, pretending to be a boy who was kidnapped. Brought to the castle in an effort to study the vampire hunter up close. That's where that should have gone. Gotcha. <laughs> I'd say all of this talk of Reinhardt in a castle, I'm just picturing Eichenwald. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ca- Castlevania on the N64 is not quite as impressive <laughs> no, as I No, it's no. not. No, I'll, I'll grant you that. I, I mean, I've not seen it but I have seen N64 games. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's got a very nice hedge maze garden with a fucking terrifying dude with it. Is it, just, is that the game that has a guy with a chainsaw in it? It's either that one or it's Legacy Darkness. 
Yeah, there's there's like a guy in the in the hedge maze who chases you with a chainsaw. I think it's, despite the fact that it's like eighteen. I think it's Legacy of Darkness because that's where you go and find Henry. Isn't oh. is in, is in the garden? Right. Uh, yeah. Dracula's servant Zildarai was posing as the Dark Lord of the castle, and then Malleus uh, shed his false form and revealed himself to be Dracula in disguise, reborn and in a stronger, younger body. Having been wounded, uh, and then they fought, because that's what always happens. And they have a big old punch-up, mm. hit with whips. Yes. Good old whip-up. Having been wounded by the whip, Dracula reverted back to his child form, attempting to manipulate Reinhardt's compassion, but the vampire hunter Charlie Vincent appeared and could see right through Dracula's illusion. He doused the vampire in holy water, and filled with rage, Dracula transported Reinhardt into his realm, where he took the form of an enormous demon. I mean, I'm just saying, if you could transform into a giant demon, mm. why is small child <laughs> your go-to? I'm just, I'm just saying, like, and I get, oh, he's trying to lull him into a false sense of security and then kill, but giant demon, probably, I'm just saying, giant demon has probably a better chance of killing a guy than small child killing a guy who's not suspecting yeah. it. I mean... Get the best of both worlds. Transform into a giant demon, then surprise him. By turning into a small child afterwards <laughs> and trying to kill him then. No. There we go. No. Get the element of surprise by turning into a demon, then turn into a small <laughs> child and stab him while his guard is down, or up, or... I don't know. But let's go back to the 90s and tell Nintendo this is what they should do. Yeah, yeah alright, let's do that. Slaying Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm just gonna sandbag our idea. No time travel for Jack, fine. Nope. None for me. And redeeming his family name, Reinhardt watched as the Castlevania fell and discovered that Rosa had survived and was cured of her vampirism. Reinhardt and Rosa left together and Carrie made it back to her home. Doesn't really explain, but after Carrie defeated the witch, she pretty much was like, Peace. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, that was fun. Bye. <laughs> I've made it safe for him to get through. Now I shall leave. A short time later, Reinhardt realized the priest's enchantment wore off, and he could no longer touch the whip again. And the curse placed on the Belmont bloodline returned. Throughout the 1800s, uh, Dracula's resurrections were coming much too frequently, and Reinhardt knew that the vampire killer had to be used, even though he could no longer use the whip. He searched the land for somebody that could, uh, that could, and discovered the Morris family. The Morris clan was a distant lineage related to the Belmont clan by blood, but not directly descended from them. They were able to wield the vampire killer, but at a great cost. The whip would slowly drain their life force, resulting in their very early death. But the Morris clan accepted the res this responsibility, and the vampire killer was entrusted to them. It's also the Morris killer at this point. Mm. <laughs> That's that slightly less like impressive name. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking hate some Morris dancers. Not all, because <laughs> we have some good friends who do it. But 
some of my best friends are Morris dancers. <laughs> well, that is literally true. But yeah, a lot of Morris dancers, I wouldn't mind being able to chase with a whip. No, that's <laughs> that just sounds like I've got weird kinks. I realised that as I was saying it. Because God so, forbid anyone to think that you have weird kinks. <laughs> Okay, guilty. Anyway, enough about me and my Morris dancer whipping. Do go on. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you were to chase down Sophie, she would take the whip and crack it back. Oh, like I said, most yeah. Morris dancers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At some point in the late 1800s, Dracula had returned in a weakened state, <laughs> which leads us to the year 1897 and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wait, yep. What? Bram or Vram? Wait, what, what? Uh, Bram in this case. <laughs> so wait, so wait, yep, yep, hang on, yep. wait, so wait, yep. hang yep. on, <laughs> wait. Yep. So you're telling yep. me that Bram Stoker's Dracula, yep. the yep. novel, is canonical in Castlevania? Evidently, is is canonvania. Mm-hmm. Let me let me read what I've got for that for this bit. It's only a short piece. I I am intrigued. <laughs> it's just, it's just it, basically what I, what I found when I was searching this out uh, in what is classed as the canonical timeline. It says the details of the events surrounding this time are shrouded in mystery, but some form of the event was recorded in Bram Stoker uh, Bram Stoker's novel. What's known for sure that the current wielder of the vampire killer. Quincy Morris, a vampire hunter from Texas, was successful in killing Dracula, but also lost his life during the battle, and the vampire killer was passed on to his son, John Morris. That is it. That's that's Who went on to have a fantastic uh, career in the WWE. <laughs> that, that's the entirety of the what they class as canon from that into this. So like, shit, that is literally... Yeah, because Quincy is literally a character in... He, yeah, he's he the is. vampire hunter. He's one of he's one of Lucy's suitors. One, isn't he? one of the yeah. unsuccessful ones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, Jonathan Harker is is the obviously hero. the hero. The hero. Yes. And, and Quincy is very much there as a was there too character. Mm. Ah, see, see, that's quite clever though, because uh, like as a fanfic writer, you if you're gonna like hone in on something canonical like that, pick a uh, like a very underplayed character that doesn't take up all the limelight mm. and then you've got like you, you've got a bit more uh, freedom to move with that I just love that it is absolutely just going out and saying Bram was wrong he wrote about the wrong dude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well in, in this version of the of the story it was Quitsy who was the hero <laughs> not Keanu Reeves Oh, I'm so looking forward to watching that film again. Rowan hasn't seen it, oh, and like, really, I've just I've, I've been trying to explain Keanu Reeves's acting in that film. <laughs> you see, I love Keanu. Uh, I, so yeah, do I love I, Keanu but, a lot, and I love that movie. But wow, wow, it, he made some it's choices. A mm. <laughs> that he most certainly did. Oh my god, I've just realised. I think Keanu Reeves in. Bram Stoker's Dracula is where Matt Hardy got a lot of his ideas for Shit. the voice for Woken Matt Hardy. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I think you might be right. Just just imagine like Keanu Reeves wearing the big billowy shirt from Bram Stoker's Dracula turning around and going, Brother Nero, I've been expecting Oh my god. You. Yeah. I knew you would come. Yeah, that it all works. Uh, <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 
I wonder wow. if Keanu like did that deliberately because if he had performed too well in a story about an immortal, we'd have all cottoned on sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That must, must have been it. Yeah. yeah. He, he took a dive so we wouldn't all realise that he himself is the immortal. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, from there, we'll move on to... Dracula's son Alucard had been working behind the scenes over the last 100 years, helping distant relatives of the Belmont clan to prepare for Dracula's return. And created a magical spear he called the Alucard Spear. Because he did not have an ego. No. I mean, this is Nintendo's naming convention, so it's pretty much, you know, the vampire killer whip. Pretty spot. spot No no one is claiming like any glory for that. It's not the Belmont brand vampire killer whip. That is true. It's just the vampire killer whip that kills vampires. The Alucard spear. (laughs) It doesn't say it kills vampires. It just says who made it. It's all about Alucard and nothing about (laughs) utility. You know for a fact that he named it that. And just so he could work in some kind of line about how, like, that is also what he calls his penis. <laughs> of course. Uh, Enchanted with holy holy power, and meant to be a compliment to the vampire killer. Hello, Rob! He's not on the show, but he's listening to the show. Yay! Wait, what? He's in the chat room. Oh my god, <laughs> hi, buddy! Hey, Rob! Hey! Oh my god, how are you? <laughs> we miss you! Oh, it's Rob. <laughs> oh, wait, he's not yeah, going to hear this. Because it's out of sync, so he doesn't know that we were just saying that it was Rob for about three minutes. <laughs> oh, performance check. Uh, where was I? Uh, you were telling uh, us about Alucard's penis. Right, yes. Uh, Alucard gave the spear to a young man named Eric Lacard. I bet he did. <laughs> God damn it. Beat you to it. I bet you were you were reading your notes. You went up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Was like, well, I'm just gonna get this over and done with. Uh, That's what Alucard related said. by blood to the Belmonts, uh, and also a close friend of John Morris. The two men trained together under the direction of Alucard and prepared for Dracula's return. And soon they would be needed uh, in a world plunged into bloodshed. The last remaining member of the Bartley clan who resurrected Dracula during Christopher Belmont's time. Was a woman named Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Bartley, who had allowed herself to become a vampire and refer to herself as Dracula's niece. That's a that's a weird choice. I mean, like, yep, daughter of Dracula, bride of Dracula, successor of Dracula, heir of Dracula, Dracula, but specifically niece of Dracula. Like, I don't yeah. want to be too closely associated with him. It's like you know, I don't want to steal his thunder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elizabeth dreamed of resurrecting her lord and devised uh, devised a plot to use the darkness of humanity itself to plunge the wo- to plunge the world into despair and feed Dracula's power. In June 1914, Elizabeth secretly murdered Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Oh my God! What? Hang Knowing on a it minute. Would spark and all that war. Why did we wait, wait like an episode and a half to get to this bombshell? <laughs> Jesus. Are, are they, are they, oh my God. Yes. Are they literally tying World War One? Yeah. yeah. 
to it was vampires. vampires it was vampires all it. along, Austin. Vampires did it. Oh my god. God damn That's it. That's beautiful. It's amazing. The First World War had begun and uh, had spread across Europe, exactly as Elizabeth Bartley had expected. Humans were killing each other, towns were being destroyed, and suffering was everywhere. Is she Castlevania's take on Bathory? I guess, yeah. Be interesting, because like, Camilla was also this, a, a very similar kind yeah. of um, vampiric figure. Um, so there's probably like a couple of different like uh, takes on the, the... I don't want to say the trope, but like the template. Mm. 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 Uh, but with the whole sowing the world with war thing, as yeah. well as being mm. Elizabeth Bartley, I kind of get that Bathory vibe like, there. If, yeah, if you if you squint, it's Elizabeth yeah. Bathory. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Elizabeth used all the lost souls in Europe to power Dracula's resurrection, to bring him into a world covered in blood. Here in Castlevania rising again, and with the war raging across Europe, John and Eric knew it was time to act and travelled to Europe together to track down and, uh, Elizabeth and stop her. Which brings us to the year 1917. And the only Sega Castlevania game. Ooh. Castlevania Bloodline. Which was released on the Mega Drives or the Genesis, depending on which part of the world you're in, in 1994. And it's the only, I said, the only one for Sega, and it's canonical. And what I will say here is, like if you look at the Wikipedia page for Castlevania Bloodlines, which mm. I happen to be doing, uh, Elizabeth Bartley is a link. But if you click it, it goes to the article about Elizabeth Bathory. <laughs> so right, okay. I think that tells you what you need to know there. Yeah, I mean, it, make, it makes sense if you just look at it. Really, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be going to a, a retro games fair at some point in November. I'm gonna keep an eye out for a for a Mega Drive in this Castlevania game because what World War One vampire slaying? Hell well, yes! Well, you do that, or with that Super Nintendo you've got, you can mod it to play Mega Drive games. That would be illegal. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying something you could do. It, it, we were just talking about technical feasibility. Yeah, it's something oh, that I see. can yeah. be done. It's something that could be done. That is true. It could I be mean, done. I could have Sonic the Hedgehog on mine. Like I don't. Well, you don't. But I could. No. Weird to bring mm. that up. Yeah. yeah. Also, from the Wikipedia, just the wonderful trivia: it wasn't called Bloodlines in Europe and Australia. No. It was called the New Generation, <laughs> yeah. which oh that makes God. it the Pepsi of Castlevania <laughs> games. I, I'm thinking like '94, like literally that was the New Generation era of WWF as well, like too. the lowest point, the lowest point of of wrestling. Mm. It was because they didn't want blood in the title, pretty much. They it's didn't. about wow. vampires. It's like guys. It's <laughs> literally about vampires it's like guys, soaking the world in blood. It's got Castlevania in the name. People know what it is. Again, though, to be fair, like, do you remember that period of time when in wrestling they weren't allowed to say blood? They they would just refer to that red yeah. liquid. Like Vampiro would like all the lights would go out, and then they basically just did the whole brood gimmick, and Vampiro would like disappear, and then all the lights would go out, and then they'd come back, and his opponent was like covered in this red goopy stuff, and they said, "Oh, look at all that red liquid." Because they just couldn't say blood. They also changed Eric to look more manly on the European and Australian covers because Eric was too bishy. Yeah. Oh, god damn it. Uh, 
John and Eric made their way through the ruins of Dracula's castle, expecting to find the vampire resurrected and waiting. But after traveling through the castle, they found no trace of Dracula. Elizabeth had purposely led the two hunters there in order to buy time for Dracula's resurrection to occur. The vampire countess traveled through Europe, unleashing Dracula's forces and causing as much chaos and destruction as possible, while World War I raged on. The two men followed her trail, freeing the various countries from the wrath of Dracula's hordes. John and Eric travelled to Greece, where the monsters had taken over ancient ruins, and a wizard was causing massive flooding in the nearby city, and a stone golem stood as the final creature infecting the region. In Italy, demons had slaughtered most of the population, and a demonic gargoyle issued orders from atop the leaning tower of Pisa. What? Wait, what? What? Yep. A demonic gargoyle gave orders from the top of the leaning tower of Pisa. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, carry on. Really? That's the bit that's stumping you from everything you've heard? <laughs> everything is stumping me, Jack. Everything is stumping me. I just need to take a moment to have a breather okay. every now and again. And while travelling in Germany, John and Eric discovered a, mun- a munitions factory run by uh, undead so- soldiers. Elizabeth had re- uh, reanimated and controlled. She made sure the factory continued operating shipping weapons to the battlefield, ensuring that World War I would continue, and the two men knew they had to shut it down. In front... Was she seriously worried that the war would run out because people would run out of bullets? Mm. Okay, uh, carry on. Maybe. Uh, she's just trying to keep the fire going, essentially. Just trying to keep the flow mm. going, guys. I'm like a, I'm like an improv artist. <laughs> just trying to keep the flow going. We're on a roll. Making, I just want making... to keep that energy up, you know. <laughs> yeah, make, making undead munitions factory workers is like the is like the vampire equivalent of yes and. and. <laughs> <sighs> In France, the royal palace of Versailles was a hotbed of creatures that were spreading for a- Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the vampires turned up. <laughs> Am I right? And then Alucard's spear turned up. God. Oh. Spreading throughout the city. After freeing the area that uh, Elizabeth Bartley had rampaged through, John Eric tracked her down to her home in England, uh, to a castle called Castle uh, Proserpina. Uh, Prosecco. Yeah. Okay. The only obstacles left in their way were Death and Elizabeth, uh, still attempting to resurrect Dracula. I know that, right, out of context, the only obstacle standing in their way was death. <laughs> it's but, like, that it, we have the context of Castlevania. Castlevania. You know, on their way through the woods, they yeah. encountered death. Oh, is that the end of the story? Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> just encountered nah. death. Nah. It's Castlevania. And he's just like, I'm going to get you. And they're like, the only obstacle like, oh, was death. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. But, I mean, he's not that tough an obstacle, but okay. They literally just backhanded <laughs> him out of the way. And he was like, sorry, sir, and he gave them his I lunch money. I forgot to surprise you this time. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if I went back to just flat-out attacking people instead of backstabbing them, it would work this time. Does nothing work? <laughs> uh, Death resurrected several Dracula's generals in an effort to tire the vampire, hunt- tire the vampire hunters, and Death felt the power of... Well- I know I keep stopping you for, for not plot holes, but like, wait, what? Death's thing mm-hmm. so far, right, has been like, you know, yeah. death. He's literally bringing people back to life He's now. bringing back some of Dracula's creatures. 
Oh, well, like, yeah, under. Like his, 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 right, okay. I thought when he was actually bringing them back to life. I'm like, dude, isn't that kind of anti your whole no, thing? No, not necessarily. I mean, if he brings a bunch of people back to life, they, they'll just die again. It's like the more people there are, ah. the more people there are to die. Mm. Repeat business. Yeah. He's trying to get a loyalty yeah. scheme going. <laughs> That would be brilliant if you had just. I'm just imagining Seventh Seal now, but instead of like, you, you get the idea, ladies. Him having like a fucking loyalty card. Get ten stamps, and then I won't use the rooks. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, in an effort to tire the vampire hunters, and then Death felt the power of the vampire killer once again. Elizabeth, knowing she had no chance, attacked them anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It seems like a it seems like a misstep for someone who's had like really really well thought out plans involving starting yeah. World War One. And uh, John makes sure she paid for all the lives lost because of her plans, but it was too late. All the suffering caused by the war had allowed Dracula to return, and without the true Belmont clan to help, John Morris knew if he failed, it would be the end of mankind. John, equipped with the vampire killer and Eric, equipped with the Alucard spear, destroyed Dracula and watched Castlevania fall. Soon after, World War I ended, and the world slowly rebuilt. John eventually married, and he had a son named Jonathan Morris, who would be the last man not directly descended from the Belmonts to carry the whip. And that brings us to the end of Castlevania Bloodlines. And back to the mm. Nintendo. Sadly, a couple of years later, the cost of carrying the vampire killer for so long took its toll on John, and he died while Jonathan was still a young boy. In 1923, Eric Lacard had two daughters of his own, Stella and Loretta, who would inherit his magical gifts and taught them how to help Jonathan unlock the power of the vampire killer, should it be needed. But before John's death, John made Eric promise never to teach Jonathan how to use the whip. He knew the cost of, it, of using it and refused to allow his son to share his fate. Uh, and in years, war would once again ravage the world. Guess what's coming? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, um, I was trying to make a joke there, but I can't remember the name of any of the conflicts that happened in between World War One and World War Two. So, oh, oh, Spanish Civil War. Jesus fucking Christ. Why is it... That's not reference, but no. In Germany, Adolf Hitler had risen to power and countries across the world were at war again, costing millions of lives. Oh, just how... This is a good start to any mm. chapter of any video game. Just how... Meanwhile, Adolf Hitler <laughs> and oh, Japanese boy. developers, I'm sure they'll handle World War II with great sensitivity. <laughs> Just how Elizabeth had done during World War I, a vampire named Bronner uh, used the suffering of lost souls killed in the world to resurrect Dracula's castle. Bronner captured an, old, an older Eric Lacard as bait for his two daughters who reminded him of his own daughters killed during the First World War. Stella and Loretta rushed to the castle to save their father and found him badly wounded. Bronner attacked the girls and turned them into vampires, casting a spell to force them to love him as their father. He then killed... Mm. That's pretty creepy. Yep. He then killed Eric right before their eyes, but Eric's will was so strong that his spirit did not move on and he hid inside the castle, waiting for someone who could help his daughters. Jonathan knew Dracula's castle had risen, had risen, and against his father's wishes, he had grabbed the vampire killer. Angry at his father for not teaching him, teaching him how to use the whip, but determined to learn, 
Jonathan asked his childhood friend, a young witch named uh, Charlotte Allen, to help him, and together they travelled to the castle. I mean, I'll just learn on the journey. I'll be fine. And this brings us to uh, the year 1944 and Castlevania, a portrait of Rune, which is on the ND, uh, Nintendo DS. And again, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much stock we can put in the Elizabeth Battery connection, considering the link for Bronner mm-hmm. takes us to Victor Bronner, the French-Romanian surrealist sculptor. That that will <laughs> that will come into this, will it? Wait, You'll what? See. Portrait of ruin? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> they suggested that Victor Bronner was a vampire, <laughs> and he did World War Two. <laughs> That's. I mean, that's a lot to put on a man, especially one who had to flee World War II. Because he was a vampire! <laughs> In this universe, he he instigated it. Man. That seems a little unfair. <laughs> like, I wonder if his family can sue, because that's a lot to put on a dude. Nah. <laughs> Jonathan and Charlotte reached Dracula's castle and explored its insides while trying to find Dracula thinking he was responsible for the castle rising again. Eventually they encountered the spirit of Eric, posing as a ghost, who called himself Wind. Wait, posing as a ghost? Man, he was straight up a ghost. Yeah, if it's the spirit of Eric, that's, he's just a ghost he's posing po- as a ghost. <laughs> he's, he's posing as a ghost called Wind. Oh. Uh, he's not posing as... He's not... He's hiding right, the fact. He's not pretending to be a ghost. He's a no. ghost pretending to have a different name. Yes. He's a ghost you. pretending to be a different ghost. Yes. Okay. I guess. And the best he could come up with was wind. That's that's what he chose. <laughs> could pick any name. Like, I'm like wind. I suppose in the Japanese it would have been Kaze. Kaze is a cool which name, which would have been fine. And it's something that they could have left, but I guess they just did a f- full translation. It's like wind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, wind offered to share his knowledge of the castle with Jonathan and Charlotte. But since Wind was secretly Eric Lacard, he knew exactly how to unlock the power of the vampire killer and acted like a mentor to the child of his old friend throughout his journey, teaching him how to rely on his own power instead of relying on the whip. Jonathan and Charlotte discovered a mysterious painting and realised uh, they that was how uh, Ronner was controlling the castle's power and spreading the minions of the castle around the world. Ronner not only was a vampire, but he was also a painter and used powerful magic to open portals through the paintings. Charlotte knew if they entered each painting and destroyed the darkness within, Bronner's connection to the castle would be severed and his powers would weaken. Jonathan and Charlotte entered the portal and found themselves in a city overtaken by monsters, eventually coming face to face with the headless Dullahan. I'm just going to have to disappear for a second, guys, but I will be back in a second. Okay, I shall carry on. Uh, they entered another painting, taking them to a pyramid full of monsters uh, from ancient Egyptian queen called Astarte, who reigned supreme. After returning to the castle, Jonathan and Charlotte found Loretta, one of Eric's daughters, now a vampire, and she confirmed that they had, in fact, slightly weakened Bronner's power. After they discovered the second portrait, Jonathan and Charlotte met Bronner, who denied that he was trying to revive Dracula. Since Dracula had been revived and defeated so many times before, Bronner felt he would be a better successor to the castle and Dracula's mission to terrorise mankind. 
So he was basically like, I could do this better than him. <laughs> I'm not trying to revive Dracula. He's rubbish. No, yeah. get a load of me. I'm proper evil. Look at me. That's what you want to say to the people who can kill Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually the pair encountered death. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> uh, letting them know that he had no connection uh, to Bronner and taunting Jonathan for not being able to use the vampire killer. But even though Death had no allegiance to Bronner, Jonathan and Charlotte knew he had plans of his own and challenged him. Surprised by Jonathan's abilities, Death escaped. After exploring more of the castle, the pair faced off against Stella, one of Eric's daughters. After being defeated, Stella dropped the pendant which revealed who they were and who their father was. Confronting Wind with the new, this new information, he finally revealed that he was Eric Lacard, and he asked the pair to please help his daughters and restore them to their former selves. Jonathan and Charlotte continued their quest through the paintings, searching for a way to help the two sisters. They travelled through multiple dimensions, including a deranged circus near a devastated town, and fought a demonic creature known as Legion. It's actually a pretty cool creature from the Castlevania universe. Yeah. It's basically it's a giant ball made of bodies. That's pretty gross. Yep, and you have to sort of t- take out the outer layers to get to the core on the inside to defeat it. Mm. And it's come back in various forms for various games. I think it first appeared in Symphony of the Night, actually. I don't one. remember it. Mm. But it has been a very long time. Yeah. Well, that's out again. Next week, I think. Is it? I think you might be right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The two-pack. Two-pack? Yes, next, I think next week's when uh, Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood get re-released. Oh, I literally, I came back at the word two-pack, yeah. and I was like, how <laughs> weird has this timeline gotten? <laughs> yes, two-pack was also a vampire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. That explains it. <laughs> that explains his premonitions of his death. And, like, surviving all those gunshots, except for that one time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, they they travelled through uh, a deranged circus, a, a murky swamp hiding an abandoned sorcery academy and filled with, with man-eaten plants and frogs, the home to the monstrous Dagon. And... Uh, Fighter of the Night Gone. Mm. Ah! Blessings of Dagon be upon you! No, no, we're not doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) A world where it was eternally raining and an immortal monster served its most powerful weapon. So they really did just use the whole surrealist art thing to just throw in whatever the fuck they wanted. Pretty much. It's actually a really good game. Because it was... You had both characters the players, and you could switch between them as often as you liked just by pressing a button. But you also had... um, You also had the ability to summon the other character to help you with puzzles. And more importantly, it also had co-op mode. It did. I love co-op mode in games. Uh, Encountering Stella and Loretta, again, Jonathan and Charlotte were determined to help them. During their travels, Charlotte had learned a powerful spell known as the Sanctuary spell that could cure them of their vampire curse. After the battle, I I, I I don't know if it was just the the microphone fucked up there for a second, but I thought you said sanctuary, <laughs> and I was like, 
That would be an amazing <laughs> fucking spell for like you think it's gonna heal you, then you just stab someone. God, it change, changes uh, a a little bit. Punch back. Yeah, yeah. Sanctuary. <laughs> oh shit! He's got the knife again. <laughs> get him down! Get him down from there! <laughs> oh dear. Uh, after the battle, the sisters were themselves once again and revealed to Jonathan that they can awaken the power of the vampire killer so that he would be able to use it. But to be able to wield the whip, Jonathan had to pass a test. Richter Belmont was the last Belmont to wield the whip before the curse inf- infected the bloodline. For Jonathan to wield it, the whip required him to defeat the memory of Richter that it held inside. So basically he went into like a mindscape to fight Richter Belmont. So it's a boss fight against Richter. Yeah, the strongest of the Belmonts. Yeah. Mm. The basis of the Richter scale, as we established last time. <laughs> yes. That's something that Alex is quite fond of. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> as was I. Uh, the young vampire hunter succeeded, and the vampire killer fully awakened, except with Jonathan as its new master. With the whip in hand, the pair tracked down Bronner and faced him in combat fully prepared. The vampire lord, knowing he was defeated, submitted to Jonathan and Charlotte and death appeared. Because, of course, with Bronner dead and the (laughs) castle still standing, death saw this as an opportunity to resurrect Dracula. With Dracula returned to the world of the living, Jonathan and Charlotte rushed to the throne room and faced odds that no previous hero had ever faced before. Death and Dracula stood together against this new hero wielding the vampire killer. You had to fight two bosses at the same time. And having double played the, uh, the current Spider-Man game, double boss fights. Oh. Oh. Fuck those guys. We need to talk about that later. <laughs> yes, but it's not spooky enough for Halloween. No, not, not, not spooky enough. Spiders are spooky. But Spider-Men, less so. I don't know. Radioactive spider dudes. <laughs> Man-spiders are pretty scary, but Spider-Men, yeah. less so. <laughs> Man-spider is very scary. Yes. Where spider? Death was severely wo- Oh, God. Whoa, spider. Whoa, spider. Spider-weave. Death was severely wounded by the power of the whip and offered his soul to Dracula. Absorbing death, Dracula took his ultimate form. With little training and relying on his own power, Jonathan Morris had destroyed Dracula and Castlevania fell. Eric's spirit was no longer bound to the castle and he was able to give his daughters one final goodbye before moving on. That leads us to the end of Portrait of Ruin. After his victory, Jonathan grew to be a wise warrior and he used the vampire killer for years with no negative effects. To his surprise, the combination of having defeated the memory of Richter Belmont and his defeat of Dracula by relying on his own strength permanently lifted the curse of the Belmont bloodline, and the whip chose to spare his life force. With Dracula gone and the vampire killer fully awakened, Jonathan knew what he had to do next. He made it his life mission to track down the Belmont clan and return the whip to its original owners. I mean, he doesn't have to. <laughs> I mean, the whip's chosen him to be its new master. 
doesn't have to go back to the Belmonts. I am fully awakened and restored to my ultimate power, and you're my master. I know what I must do. Get rid of you. <laughs> I please don't. <laughs> okay. It was the Belmonts that fucked me up. <laughs> All this shit happened because of the goddamn Belmonts. Uh, Jonathan searched the world in an attempt to track down the direct descendants of the Belmont clan and return the f- and return the fully powered vampire killer to its original owners. He searched for the Belmonts throughout the decades and in the late 1980s. And now in his early 60s, Jonathan tracked them down. The Belmont- See, it's one thing as well to have mm-hmm. it passed down as an inheritance yeah. and have your father explain the, the bloodline and the duty and the, all of this. It's a, quite another thing when an old man called Morris turns up and goes, hello, I have a whip for you. (laughs) It's a magic whip. It kills vampires. And you do that now. (laughs) It's it's extra good because my old, when I used to live in Presbury, uh, my old um, next door neighbor was called Morris. Uh. He was a right, he was a right sour old dickhead. He was (laughs) (laughs) just imagining him dispensing weapons and vampire hunting advice. Well, if he spent his life fighting vampires, maybe that's why he's such a sour old kid. I mean, he did work in a funeral home, so, you know. Ugh. Double tap. Uh, the Belmonts knew that the time would come when they would have to uh, reclaim their responsibility, and the youngest member of the Belmont clan was a child named Julius Belmont. Jonathan stayed with them and took Julius under his wing, training the boy and teaching him everything he knew about the vampire killer and Dracula all the way through his teenage years. It took him that long? Like, I know this podcast feels like it's been going on for a while, but like, I feel like it wouldn't take an entirety of someone's teenage years to listen to it. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Having fulfilled his duties, Jonathan left the Belmonts and lived out the rest of his days in peace. In the woods, as a not-werewolf. Mm. Uh, Dracula's son, Alucard, was also very active at this time having discovered a prophecy that claimed that Dracula would return uh, with his full power at the end of the century and plunge the world into darkness once again at an apo- Best get my spear at ready. A, uh, apocalyptic level. The prophecy also mentioned the eastern lands of Japan and determined to be uh, prepared for his father's return. Alucard travelled to Japan and changed his identity to a man named Genya Arikado. Arikado? Aricardo. He didn't really change his identity then so much as <laughs> just went to Japan. Pretty much. Uh, and using the resources he had gathered over the centuries, Alucard helped found a Japanese organization hidden from the public which kept track of supernatural threats. The date of the prophecy was fast approaching, and using his position within the organization uh, he worked for to gather the bloodlines who opposed Dracula through the centuries. Alucard located the, uh, the Bernardas clan, alive and well, descended from Cypher, and recruited them along with their magical gifts. He also found the Belmont clan, who are now fully trained Julius Belmont, wielding the vampire killer. Alucard now prepared the 19 year uh, the yeah. Alucard prepared the now 19 year old vampire hunter to face Dracula. Now, this brings us to uh 1999, and an event known as the Demon Castle War. Ah, we all remember that though, right? Mm. As in, we were all there for that. 
Yeah, yeah it happened uh, a few years after the uh, eugenics wars from Star uh, Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was a bad time. It was. It was the late nineties. Nineties were going rough, from from science fiction war to video game war to to suddenly everything having the word two thousand in its title. Yep. Now this this is an event that's not actually ever been covered in the video games. So Wait, what? Not, they were building it, up to that, and then they just never made a game of it. Nope. Yeah. The coming apocalypse, Mm. which isn't interesting enough to make a game about. Let's skip forward a little bit. They've covered it in the literature, but they've never actually made a game about it. Unsure as to why. Maybe they've been waiting for the technology to be able to do the war justice. Maybe. I mean, with with the resurgence of Castlevania, thanks to, you know, the Netflix series and uh, Smash Brothers and all this other stuff. It, they might finally come back and do a Maybe. classic Castlevania. Maybe. Or they'll just do what they are doing and rehashing the old ones again. Maybe they'll they'll remaster the Lords of Shadow and bring them up to the next gen, current gen. You never know. Mm. So, Demon Castle War. Uh, details of this time period have never been fully revealed, but the prophecy of Dracula's return came true and a massive solar eclipse appeared, covering much of the world in darkness. Dracula returned and regained his full power, as foretold, unleashing his forces on the entire planet, causing destruction on a massive scale. Dracula's attack on mankind was much worse than Alucard had expected, but instead of cowering in fear, the world fought back. The armies of the world came together as one, and the United United Humanity pushed Dracula's forces back, city by city while Julius Belmont and the Bernardes clan stormed the area surrounding Dracula's castle. And now, Alucard, and now Alucard began searching for a way to end his father's threat permanently. Uh, in Japan, he found a group of monks known as the Habaku, uh, Hakuba clan, who practiced powerful magic said to be strong enough to control God, and Alucard realized that their power could put an end to his father. Dracula's power was directly tied to his castle, and if the Hakuba clan could sever the connection between Dracula and his castle, Dracula, Dracula would be able to would be unable to return to life. Finally, yeah. <laughs> it's taken a while, but we're mm. finally there. Taking the priest of the Hakuba clan with him to Europe, Alcard found Julius in- engaged in a final confrontation with Dracula, and told the priests to use their magic on the castle. While the battle in, uh, raged on, the priests performed the ritual and Dracula's castle was sealed inside of the eclipse, cutting Dracula off from his vehicle of his resurrection. And Julius with a vampire killer destroyed the Dark Lord and the eclipse vanished with Castlevania inside of it. Dracula's threat on, had finally been ended. Hooray! And that's a good moment to say thank you for following Undead Sniper 948. Much appreciated. There's a couple of follows that have happened tonight that I haven't read out for obvious reasons, but your name seems fine. Mm. Uh, after the battle, Alucard returned to his organization and kept a watchful eye on the world. Although Dracula was gone, he knew others may try and take his place. During his fight with Dracula, Julius had suffered a severe head injury and began losing his memories. 
After awakening in the hospital, Julius realized he'd lost his identity and wandered different countries trying to find himself again. During the late 2020s, Alucard met a powerful witch from the Bernardes clan called Yoko Bernardes, and he recruited her into the organization, becoming his closest associate. After a couple of, year, a couple of years later, a foreign exchange student named Soma Cruz was studying abroad in Japan, and he became close friends to a girl named Mina uh, Hakuba, the daughter of the head priest of the Hakuba shrine, who had helped... That's Mina. Hakuba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. I'm. I'm not saying we have to imagine that it's Winona Ryder, but I'm gonna. Well, now <laughs> you've said that, that the whole thing's less offensive to me. Hmm. Yeah. Do carry on. Who had helped seal away Dracula's castle? Eventually, they developed feelings for each other and decided to head to the shrine together to watch the upcoming solar eclipse. As the eclipse appeared, both Soma and Mina blacked out and awakened to find themselves in a mysterious castle, Dracula's Castle. This brings us to the year 2035 in Castlevania Aria of Sorrow for the Game Boy Advance. It's a little bit of a skip there. Mm. So this not was the- quite a thousand years, but no. uh, uh, not quite a hundred years even, but... Mm. Close, close. This was the third Castlevania game to be released on the Game Boy Advance. So it was the last one to come out for that generation. And it was, timeline-wise, it was much further ahead. Because <laughs> the one before it was just a Belmont. That was a long time ago. Yeah, which game was that one? Uh, I think that was Harmony, Harmony of Dissonance. Oh yes, my favourite title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the Game Boy Advance era went Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and then Aria of Sorrow. See, there's one... I Two of those names are fine. <laughs> that middle one, though. Yeah. Yeah. You fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> After awaking in the castle, Soma found Alucard still in the guise of Genya Arikado. Uh, Alucard explained to Soma that they were inside the eclipse where the castle was sealed away 36 years before and questioned what the young man was doing there. Suddenly they were attacked by monsters and Soma protected and terrified Mina from the attack and somehow absorbed the soul of the monster he had just destroyed. He had no idea what had just happened to him and Alucard told Soma that he had the ability to absorb the souls of monsters and use their powers. Some would question why he would have such a power, and Alucard told them that he would need to reach the master's chamber inside the castle to find answers. Or you could just tell him, Alucard. <laughs> that is a possibility. Yeah, that, that that's that's a valid answer. Just use just, your words. You, if, if you know, just tell him. Oh, and by the way, I'm not really Alucardo. I'm Alucard. <laughs> Um, Alucard promised to watch over Mina as Soma made his way into the castle to discover the truth behind his powers. Soma wasn't alone in the castle. Several others had also made their way in when they appeared inside the eclipse. He ran into a friendly yet mysterious man named Graham Jones. 
Graham was the leader of a religious cult, and he preached that there was more to this prophecy of Dracula's return in 1999. And just take issue with the idea of a cult leader named Graham. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the most inoffensive name so far. It's just Graham Jones. Mm. And he's the one with the whole cult of personality going on. Yeah. Graham. Yeah. Mm. I hope he had a pseudonym. <laughs> Graham told Soma that uh, that part of the prophecy mentioned a new master would arise and inherit Dracula's dark powers in 2035. Soma also met Alucard's assistant, Yoko Bernardes, and Yoko told Soma that Alucard had sent her into the castle to help him. She revealed that Soma's powers came from the dark from darkness, and his powers could rule over monsters, commanding them to bend to his will. She also gave him a warning about Graham Jones, believing that he was a man destined to inherit, uh, believing he is the man destined to inherit Dracula's power. And Yoku went off to find him. But unfortunately, he's only going to use that power to run like a small area, maybe like a town, like a a Jones town, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> or a Graham's town. Yeah, Graham's town might be less on the nose, I guess. Mm. Uh, a soldier in the United States military called Hammer also made his way inside. <laughs> inside. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's, he's called Hammer. Uh, inside, under the orders of the American government to avoid a repeat of the Demon Castle War. Major but- Colonel Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> but Hammer was actually thinking of leaving the military and decided to open up his own weapon shop and helped Soma by selling him various items he had found. Hooray, the helpful mercantile folk are back. <laughs> I'd love to help you save the world. How much money you got? Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. And he hasn't left the military yet, but he is running an arms dealing industry whilst <laughs> whilst in the US military. He's yes. just dabbling, you know. And he's selling, he's selling him items he's found inside the castle. So stuff that's... <laughs> Stuff that Soma could have found anyway. And you know, also completely now, missing you see, the fact- I saved you the trouble of looting the place. <laughs> I've gone ahead and done that for you. But obviously I want a little something for my trouble. Yeah. So whilst you could have just found this shit lying around, I'm now going to make you pay for it. But the fact that he was a, a soldier, like he's involved in the military, is completely immaterial then. Because I assumed he was just going to sell you like shit that he'd got from the quartermaster. It was just selling on at a, like, an inflated price. Ah, treasures from the castle. Well, right then. I guess that's slightly less morally dubious, or more morally. I I, I forget how it works with the military. It's <laughs> definitely not morally good. No, it's it's probably <laughs> still a court martial offence. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's a bit grey, maybe. Mm. I mean, he was sent to prevent the rise of Dracula, right? Yes. And instead, what he did was looted the fuck out of the castle and then set up a shop. Yes, U.S. military. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's definitely dereliction of duty, at least. <laughs> <laughs> at best. <laughs> so, yeah. After exploring more of the castle and entering the dance hall, Soma met Julius Belmont, who had entered the castle in hopes of restoring his lost memories. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm really sorry. I thought you were going to say in entering the dance contest. <laughs> 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 he introduced himself as Mr. J. I could sense the dark powers coming from the young man questioning where they came from. But with no answers, both men separated and continued their journey. 
Running into Graham again, Soma questioned his motives, and Graham revealed that he was born the moment Dracula was destroyed, and he believed himself to be Dracula reborn. He asked Soma exactly what he had, uh, what he had the ability to do, and when Soma revealed that he, uh, he can control monsters, Graham refused to believe it, panicking and rushing into the castle throne room. As Soma chased after, chased him, he ran into death. Who was sealed away inside the castle God damn it, in 1999? Get out of here, you pesky death. <laughs> Get out of here, you. Chase him off with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> Destroying death, Soma absorbed his soul and now had the ability to use his powers. And finally, tracking down Graham, Soma found him plunging a knife into Yoko. Once Graham noticed him, he fled. Yoko told Soma, Soma that Graham had absorbed much of the castle's power and had become extremely powerful. Alucard appeared and told Soma that uh, he, he would make sure Yoko was okay and ordered him to go to the castle throne room. But Soma demanded to know what was really going on and why he had to go to the throne room. But Alucard refused to say anything more. Just tell him. <laughs> but I have to be mysterious. So, I cannot tell you. You have to find out yourself. Character development. Uh, after defeating a giant imprisoned in the castle called Balor, uh, Soma found Julius again with his memories flooding back to him and remembering that he was the man that had destroyed Dracula. Julius knew he had to find out if Graham was attempting to inherit the vampire's power. Soma made his way to the castle throne room and found the crazed Graham waiting for him. The boy wanted nothing more than to leave the castle with Mina and the friends he had made along the way, but Graham was furious that Soma was able to absorb the powers of the monsters he had encountered, and in Graham's mind, Soma had committed the crime of theft against him and attacked. After summoning a demon to help him, Graham's powers were still not enough to destroy Soma, and Graham realised that in, he, in fact, was not Dracula. After his defeat, a huge flow of dark energy appeared and entered Soma's body, and Soma finally realized the horrifying truth. He was Dracula. <gasps> we were playing Dracula the whole time? The whole time. Entering the throne room, Alucard revealed that Dracula's soul and Soma were one. The vampire's spirit was extremely weak from his destruction, and Soma was able to develop his own personality over the years without his previous form taking over. Soma had been taken to the castle because it was calling out to its old master, and Soma struggled to keep the, the darkness within him under control. Alucard told him that dark powers would continue to flow into him, and eventually he would become Dracula once again, but Soma refused to let that happen, and Alucard knew they had very little time left. When Dracula originally created Castlevania, he didn't build a normal castle. It was a spiritual realm tapping the power of multiple dimensions and realities. I was so going to say... Considering the fact it's just popped up and crumbled repeatedly for a mm -hmm. thousand years, that's pretty fucking self-evident. Mm. <laughs> the source of the castle's dark influence was the power of chaos itself, which kept the castle alive and was the link connecting Dracula to it. But only Dracula could enter the realm where chaos was located, and Soma was the only one that could face it. That's why the the same castle was different in each game. The layout is chaos. There's chaos. Unsure of what would happen, Soma went to go see Mina one last time before heading to the realm of chaos. But along the way, Julius Belmont stopped Soma, and realising that the young man was in fact Dracula, 
Soma tried to tell the vampire, uh, Soma tried to tell the vampire hunter that he was still himself and not wanted to take a risk. Julius attacked him. That's exactly what Dracula would say. <laughs> That's exactly what he would say. <laughs> and then he'd also, what would he also say, Jack? Hello? I don't know. What else would he say? Oh, God you know, damn it. something about wanting to be inside you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you missed your cue. <laughs> this is, this is the, the responsibility you have when you come up with a catchphrase. We're going to make sure it doesn't die. What was your catchphrase, Kyrie? Oh, did I have one? Yes. What was it? Go away, rabbit. What? <laughs> See, I listen to the episodes again because I do the editing. <laughs> Go away, rabbit. Go away, rabbit. I thought my catchphrase was like next year in Norway or something. A year later in Norway. That was ne- You never actually declared that to be your catchphrase. You did declare Go Away Rabbit to be your catchphrase. God and then damn. forgot what it was you said immediately. That was a really <laughs> stupid thing for me to say. Yeah, it was. Wow, I say some really stupid shit on this show. You were watching a Duracell advert at the time. That was it, oh, yes. That yeah. makes more sense in context. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> My life sounds interesting. <laughs> See, this is why I listen to it again. Mm. Ah, I should probably start doing that. I did listen to that again, and I forgot again. I'm bad, interesting, <laughs> and memorable. A lot happens in our episodes. Uh, where was I? Judas held back, sensing that Soma's spirit was fighting against the darkness, trying to take over. Soma told Julius that he was uh, going to stop this from happening, and made the vampire hunter promise to destroy him if he failed and became Dracula. Soma travelled to the chaotic realm and stood face to face against chaos, the very essence of Dracula's castle and the source of his dark powers. Soma obliterated, obliterated chaos, cutting off Castlevania's power source. Not only was the castle sealed away within the eclipse, now it was completely destroyed and powerless to ever return along with his old master. Excellent. So that's the last game in the timeline, I presume? Nope. See, I asked that question because I knew the answer was no. <laughs> it is the last game next, though. Uh, his newfound friends had helped him help pull him from the brink of being taken over, and Soma woke uh, woke up back in the Hakuba Shrine with, uh, with the eclipse disappearing and Mina holding him. Soma felt his powers leaving him and stood by Mina, looking forward to the future and living his life on his own terms. That brings us to the end of Aria Sora. There's this very, very brief sentence between this and the next one. <laughs> That's because the next one is almost a direct continuation, isn't yeah. it? It literally says, it, it go, it, I've got, a year later, Soma and Mina have become even closer and we're spending time together in their local town. Which leads us to the year 2036 and Castlevania, Dawn of Sorrow for the Nintendo DS, released in 2005, and the last game in the timeline. Mina told him she had a bad feeling inside of her, and suddenly a woman appeared looking for Soma, who called herself Celia Fortner. Celia summoned... Is is there any more references there? I don't think so. It's not not one that's ringing a bell with me, at least, outside of this. 
Celia summoned several monsters and ordered them to attack Soma as Alucard appeared and threw him a weapon to use. Celia threatened that one day she would take Soma's life and escaped. Confused as to why, he was able to absorb the souls of the monsters again. Uh, Soma asked Alucard what was going on, and Alucard let him know that his powers had never left him. He had simply had no need to use them, so they became dormant. He also revealed that Celia was the head priestess of a new and rapidly growing cult that his organisation had kept under surveillance. Although Dracula was dead, the cult's mission was to bring forth another Lord of Darkness to take his place. They believed that a new Dark Lord was necessary to bring balance to the world. Furious that Soma had resisted his reawakening as Dracula the year before, the cult was determined to eliminate him and make way for a replacement. Worried that the cult would harm Soma, Alucard told them to stay out of the situation, but Soma refused and felt it was his responsibility to help and sought, uh, uh, sought the help of Hammer, who was now ex-military. Hammer gave Soma the location of the cult's base, and several days later, Soma made his way there, finding the area full of monsters. After exploring the cold place, Soma ran into two of his old friends, Julius and Yoko, who Alucard had sent there to help uh, to find out exactly what the cult pres- uh, cult's plan was. Uh, Yoko warned Soma to be careful, and Julius also let him know that if the darkness were to draw him in and he lost himself, he would be forced to destroy him with the vampire killer. Soma understood that Celia had put Mina in danger, and he was determined to act against the cult. Julius entered their base through the main entrance, and Yoko left with Soma to find another way in. So literally in the game, what happens is you arrive at this at this uh, location, and the drawbridge closes. Uh, Yoko and Julius appear. You have this conversation. Then Julius leaps the the moat and goes over the top of the, the drawbridge and in. And you guys have to go and find like the back entrance, essentially. <laughs> I also like that it's put across as a threat there. You know, the, oh, yeah. oh, if you fall to darkness, I'll kill you. Like you specifically asked me to at the end of the last game. Yeah. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's just reminding Soma that he'll keep his promise. It's not a threat. Pretty much. It's like, ah, uh, you turned, have you turned? No? Yes? You no. Dracula yet? You, Are you a Dracula yet? You Dracula yet? Nope, nope. Okay. Watching you. Uh, after fighting off one of the cult's summoned monsters, Soma and Yoko found a safe place where Yoko could return, uh, record her findings for Julius, and Hammer also decided to set up shop at a nearby house in order to help Soma and make some money along the way. Then Soma of course. Set, of course. Then Soma set off to one of the base's entrances. Fucking capitalism. <laughs> well, he's not military anymore, so... Make his money somehow, I suppose. Uh, Soma found Celia with two men who were part of the part of the cult, Dario and Dimitri. Celia had chosen them as the two candidates who would potentially inherit Dracula's powers as they were born the moment that Dracula was destroyed, just like Graham Jones before them. But only one man could be chosen, and he would have to get rid of Soma, shattering Dracula's soul before, becoming the new Lord of Darkness. Celia told Soma to meet her at the top of the base, where uh, if he wished to stop her, and escaped. Soma ran into Dimitri, performing a ritual with a demon, in order to increase his power, 
and determined to wipe out Soma and become the new Dark Lord, Dimitri attacked him. Defeating Dimitri, Soma told him uh, that he would spare his life, and Dimitri became furious that he was being pitied. Mysteriously, the man collapsed and died, and his soul flew into Soma. Confused as to why he was able to absorb a human soul, Soma had continued, uh, had continued to searching for Dario. He found Dario waiting for him, and Dario celebrated Dimitri's death. In his mind, that met, simply meant less competition, and Dario desired nothing more than to gain power. Even with Dario's mighty powers, Soma still bested him, and Celia appeared, transporting him away before she could lose her last candidate, taunting Soma to meet them in the uppermost floor of the base. While exploring the castle uh, some more, Alucard, having kept Soma under observation, tracked him down and angrily told him that he should have never gotten involved. Accepting that Soma would never back down, Alucard handed him a letter from Mina, and then asked Soma what he had discovered about the cult's plans. Then Alucard left to help Soma track down Dario and put an end to this madness. <clears throat> Celia appeared in front of Soma, letting him know that Dario had fused with a fire demon, maximizing his powers. Then Alucard and Julius both appeared, and Julius yelled at Soma to oh, back away. yelled at him. Not, not to back away, just like, yeah. you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Feeling a huge surge of energy, Alucard told Julius to go back to the source of the massive energy spike and warned Soma to let them take care of the situation. But once again, Soma felt he had the responsibility of keeping the powers of darkness from returning and found Julius wounded from fighting the now much more powerful Dario. Dario escaped once again and Julius decided to accept Soma's help and stayed back while Soma continued on. Eventually, Soma made his way to the top floor while where Dario was waiting for him, out of control and possessed by a fire demon. Having defeated both Dark Lord candidates, Celia told Soma there was there was more than one way to create a Dark Lord, and told him to find her in the middle of middle of the base if he wished to end this. So after making her go all the way to the very top, she's now like, yeah, meet me in the middle now. At least it's not the bottom. Well, I mean, if she's trying to drive Soma mad so that Soma becomes Dracula, this kind of frustrating runaround is a good start to put Soma in a suitably There's more, grumpy more than mood. one way to That's create a Dark so. Lord. Yeah. Here's one through sheer frustration. <laughs> Fuck this, I'll bring Dark Lord. I bet you could get around this castle a lot faster if you were a Dark Lord, I'm just saying. <laughs> um... Reaching Celia's location, Soma discovered her ultimate plan uh, to bring about darkness within him. Uh, she had captured Mina and killed her right in front of him. Dracula had suffered a similar loss with his first love, Elizabetha, and, and later his wife, Lisa. Celia wanted to recreate the circumstances that created Dracula within Soma. Soma lost control, filled with rage, and his dark powers began to consume him. getting a big whiff of Metal Gear Solid 2 out of this. We've created a perfect <laughs> recreation of the Shadow Moses incident. <laughs> <laughs> but Alucard rushed in and revealed that Mina was safe. The one in front of him was a fake doppelganger created by Celia, and Soma was able to push away the darkness. At that moment, Dimitri revealed himself to be alive, having hidden inside Soma, and learning how to copy his powers. 
Celia and Dimitri teleported away together in an effort to get Dimitri powered up, powered up as uh, possible before eliminating Soma. Alakal and Soma found Dimitri having sacrificed his own master Celia to a powerful demon, granting Dimitri full control over it. But the power was too much for the man to control, and all the demons that he had, all of the demons that he had absorbed within his journey, exploded out of Radical. his body. Killing him and infusing into one enormous beast. That's pretty fucked up. Mm. Speaking about body horror, not yeah. From the from one of the earlier episodes, that happened. I was like, oh Jesus! After destroying the creature, its many souls flew into Soma, and he resisted their dark influence, escaping with Alucard and watching the cult's castle collapse. Alucard told Soma that perhaps one day a new Dark Lord would arise again to threaten the world, but he was confident that it wouldn't be Soma, and Soma joined his friends who helped him resist the darkness. The last cult inspired by Dracula's evil had been destroyed. Castlevania was powerless to ever return, and Dracula's soul had finally found redemption within Soma Cruz, allowing the boy to live a normal life, and the power of the vampire killer slowly faded, no longer needed. Sarah's soul, who had been sacrificed to create the whip hundreds of years before, could finally rest, and the sacrifices of the heroes who stood up for humanity time and time again led to this moment in which humanity could finally live in Yay! peace. And that is the canonical Castlevania timeline. That is how we beat Dracula. For now. Mm. For that now. is how Dracula finally <laughs> beat Dracula. Yeah. You played yourself. <laughs> yeah that is that's Castlevania cool there is a lot in there I did uh, not know there's a lot there in there that's made my brain and go all twisty turn it's quite a lot of that too yes yeah I mean, like I said I apologise for all the fluff but the fluff was needed the fluff was needed mm. the fluff has been the content of two episodes yes <laughs> and the fluff in this one has given us all sorts of Oh, really, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Once they started going alongside the world wars, it was a bit, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> well, that was the only Mega yeah. Drive one, and the Mega Drive tend to have a bit more darker games that than That is Nintendo very true. Did. I was looking so, up, like, best... Sega do what Nintendo don't. Exactly. Yeah. I was I was looking up like best horror games for the SNES and it was just like it was really quite sad going oh there was you know Clock Tower and <laughs> that's it yeah um, I am working on the Laws of Shadow the reboot franchise um, luckily that, there's only three of those there is only three of those <laughs> still a lot to go in in it, but at least at least it's all contained within the same sort of story. Yes, you know it, it's it's not in a nineteen games worth of nineteen games. The you know Bram Stoker's Dracula <laughs> and two world wars, yeah. two world wars, I, multiple family lineages. That I wasn't expecting was was the actual novel. No, I wasn't. <laughs> no. I wasn't until I did the research, and I was like, huh, because I never played Bloodlines. And I was just like, huh, 
Right. <laughs> yeah, when you brought the Morris names into it, I was I had not put that together. <laughs> no. And and when I read that, I I burst out laughing. <laughs> and I was like it was like and she killed Franz Ferdinand. I was like Wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow, is, Konami. Wow. It is one of those moments that just halts you and makes you go, wait, what? <laughs> that you didn't just say that you did you did say that. I did okay. say that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that is a thing that has happened. It's like, oh oh my. Oh Castlevania. Oh Konami. <laughs> what are you doing? Cool. Well, I know we are under some time pressures tonight, so... Has everyone enjoyed? I have. I have learned much about Dracula's history that I did not hit for no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Damn, just like, there's, there's a lot of that. For a series that's been running since the 80s, and has recently had the popularity resurgence with the Netflix series and even season two of which drops, uh, well, actually next. if you listen to the podcast, uh, this week. Yeah. If you're watching us now, next week, next week, yes. if you're watching us next week uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's the, you know, that's Trevor's story. You know, that's, yes. that's the start of the Belmonts. So like the there's, main there's story. a lot of series that they could make going off the back of this. this yeah, <laughs> if they really wanted to, yeah. They could keep this sto- this Netflix show running for a good long time. Yeah, I mean, even even looking outside of out of uh, that, I mean, uh, Starbomb did their Crashlevania song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, there, there's a whole variety of different uh, f- fan creations that keeps it alive. But unfortunately, Laws of Shadow didn't. Yeah, you know, did okay, but not well enough to keep Konami going. Yeah, let's put more money into making another one. But maybe we will see that from this. Who knows? Yep, they still have the IP, and it's one of those things that, much like Castlevania itself, could arise at any time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Smash wise, I'm looking forward to them bringing out the because they're gonna obviously bring out the amiibos based on the characters. Mm. And looking at what the amiibos I have, I've got a whole bunch of like the Nintendo classic characters, so I might just end up getting like because I got like Mega Man and I got that and something, so I'll, I'll just have all the classic Nintendo characters. That's pretty boss, yeah, but yeah. I'm glad people enjoyed this because that was a lot of work. Yeah, much appreciated. You have certainly proven yourself to be more prepared than this show's title would give people any reason to suspect. Oh, you're going against brand. (laughs) Yeah. We have to do it every now and again. That's true. And it's nice to have a little nostalgic revisit to the World 1 Stage 1 format. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... Obviously, if Rob was with us today, we probably would have done something else before going back. We could finally do the 
So how's life been? <laughs> I know. We're, that being pushed back so far is like, well, you sort of know now because we've been back for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we can finally talk about Final Space. Yes. And uh, we need to do Adventure Time and Gravity Falls and whatnot. So many. So much. But how could they how can they see this or hear this Simon? <laughs> well, thank you for that cue. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash dangerously unprepared every Wednesday at eight o'clock UK time, which is when we record and we stream the recording. So you can watch me and listen to my co-hosts. We're still working on making it watch us. Uh, yes. You can also follow us variously all over the internet. Dangerouslyunprepared.com is where we, well, mostly have a list of show ideas that we want to do at some point. It also theoretically posts a list of episodes and videos and things, but that works imperfectly. You can follow us on Twitter at Unprepared Show. Uh, find us on Facebook. Dangerously Unprepared is our name there. Uh, do, do we have a Tumblr, Kyrie? I know you were in charge of the Tumblr at some oh, point. Oh, we, we had one, but it hasn't, it hasn't changed with the rebrand yet. I'll get on that. Cool. Uh, we may or may not have a Tumblr in the near future. And of course, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. So that's us. We have our Discord. We, oh, yes, of course, we have the Discord. Uh, if you go to, I think you can find it from the Facebook page. You can certainly find it from our Twitch page. There is a link to join the Discord, which is where you can join in the discussion. It's growing as time goes on. We now mm. have a dedicated wrestling room, because you may have noticed we talk about that probably more than is healthy. Um, <laughs> but generally, we'll talk about games, movies, and life in general on there. And it's a great place to ask us questions, give us ideas for shows, and generally get involved. Send us so we would love to see you there. Absolutely. Send us listener mail. Yes, send us listener mail. I, you may have done that. I admit, I haven't actually checked the email account in a while. I <laughs> oh my god, we that. have one of those! We, we do. <laughs> Literally, only when Jack said that, I remembered we have an email address. <laughs> uh, so if you have sent us email, I... I apologize. We do also deliberately ignoring you. We also now have the listener mail sort of segment on the Discord as well. Do you have any questions? We do. Yes. Yes. You can uh, chat to us on the Discord, which is sort of why I haven't checked the the email. Um, Please do that. Please. That's embarrassing. You, you, please check emails. Listeners, please (laughs) ask us questions and send things. We like feeling like there is a community there. We know there's a community there, but we like evidence of it. We do. Uh, so, you have been listening to Dangerously Unprepared. I have been Simon Belmont. <laughs> Damn, yes! That, your name's like the character My name. name's like their name. <laughs> uh, I have been Jack Ucard. Dude, you... you ah. <laughs> it was right there for you to say Jackula. Like, right there. There. And you couldn't fucking manage it. Nope. This is me. And I've been Eric. It's Kyrie backwards. You'll never guess who I am. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and goodbye. 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 <laughs>